moving loans is one of those opportunities for mistakes to happen. So the types of mistakes that are typically seen when loans get moved are they put you in a different repayment plan. And that can be quite a shock because we know a lot of veterinarians are using income-driven repayment plans. And if they put you in a different one, that could raise your payment suddenly. That is Dr. Tony Bartels, and this is the VIN Foundation's Veterinary Pulse podcast. I'm Jordan Benchia, Executive Director of the VIN Foundation. Join me and our co-host and VIN Foundation board member, Dr. Matt Holland, as we talk with veterinary colleagues about critical topics and share stories, stories that connect us as humans, as animals, as a veterinary community. This podcast is made possible by individuals like you who donate to the VIN Foundation. Thank you. Please check the episode notes for bios, links, and information mentioned. Hey, Tony, welcome. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> you're, our, you're our most repeated guest, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think if they would just, you know, if we could get some consistency in the student loan stuff, I wouldn't have to be, but uh, right. that, that tends to not be the case. And so here we are. All right. So <laughs> listeners, as you probably know well by now, Dr. Tony Bartels, who is our student debt educator, um, VIN Foundation board member, and works with VIN. He is by far the veterinary student debt expert. And we are just going to dive right in with news that broke last week towards the end of last week as we're heading into the weekend that Fed Loan Servicing, which is the federal loan servicing arm of the Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency, also known as FIA, is going to stop servicing federal student loans on December 14th, 2021. Uh, I feel confident that if there's anyone that can break this down very well for us, it is you. So let's break it down. Tell us all about this. Yeah. So this one, this one was, uh, when this happened, I, this kind of rose to my, I mean, things happen with student loans. It seems like all the time, particularly recently. Uh, but right. when this one <laughs> came across my, my feed, it kind of raised, you know, it's at that, what I, you know, what I like to call the, the BFD level, right? So this is a pretty big freaking deal. So, um, <laughs> Fed loan servicing is one of the numbers of uh, um, private entities that have been contracted by the Department of Education to service your federal student loans, right? So um, they're not the they're not the holders of your federal student loans. The Department of Education is actually the the holder of those loans, but they con- they contract with a lot of entities, different entities to be the primary points of contact, right? So you know the big the major federal student loan servicers are Fed Loan Servicing, Navient, Great Lakes, um, and uh, oh, the other one is escaping me right now, Nelnet. So those are, but there's there's also about, you know, 10 other lesser known ones, but those four comprise a lot of the um, the federal student loan balance. And I believe the numbers I saw that Fed Loan Servicing services the loans for 8 million borrowers. So there's about 40 wow. million borrowers. So there's a, you know, there's a one in five chance that your loans are right. with Fed Loan Servicing. So mm-hmm. this is a good time to 
you know, if you don't know who's servicing your loans, to check in and see who is servicing your loans. And if it is Fed loan servicing, then you want to pay extra special attention, right? Because when a student loan servicer stops servicing loans, that's when the Department of Education is going to have to move your loans to a new loan servicer. Moving loans is one of those opportunities for mistakes to happen. So the types of mistakes that are typically seen when loans get moved are uh, they, you know, they put you in a different repayment plan. And that can be quite a shock because we know a lot of veterinarians are using income driven repayment plans. And if they put you in a different one, that could raise your payment suddenly. Uh, They may not you know, transfer over the amount of time that you've been using a particular repayment plan or in uh, the Fed loan servicing example, which is why it's a BFD, is that they are the official monitor of public service loan forgiveness, which, you know, again, if you're working towards public service loan forgiveness, you're going to be very familiar with Fed loan servicing. Or if you have aspirations of working towards public service loan forgiveness, meaning you're going to work for a nonprofit and hopefully have your loans forgiven after a period of time, uh, then you're you're going to probably be familiar with Fed loan servicing. And now that they're going away all of that information is going to have to get transferred over to to some new servicer or some combination of servicers that will be able to help you with that progress going forward. So if somebody's in public service loan forgiveness or they think they're in, but they've started working for a nonprofit, what do they need to do to make sure that they are actually in the program and the way they need to be? And what information should they be gathering to ensure that they are checking the boxes necessary. Yeah, so this is uh, this is where this kind of gets confusing, and and we may have to get a little little into the weeds here. But it, there are a number of ways you can end up with Fed loan servicing as your loan servicer. Um, one is just randomly, right? So loan servicers are assigned randomly. So again, about 20% of borrowers already have Fed loan servicing. That doesn't mean they're all working towards public service loan forgiveness. It just means that they were randomly assigned. Mm-hmm. Fed loan servicing is their loan servicer. You can choose your loan servicer as part of a consolidation loan, a direct consolidation loan, uh, which we encourage people to do after they graduate, particularly veterinarians. We encourage new graduate veterinarians to consolidate their loans and choose an income-driven repayment plan as well as choose Fed loan servicing as their loan service provider. And we would recommend that because it was I want to say convenient, right? It would lessen Mm -hmm. the chance that your loans would move in the future. And if you were going to end up working towards public service loan forgiveness, your loans would already be where they needed to be, as well as since public service loan forgiveness requires you to use an income-driven repayment plan, Fed loan servicing would have a lot of experience with income-driven repayment, which we find to be particularly beneficial for most veterinarians. So that was the reason why we were recommending uh, Fed loan servicing. So you can either by ra- you'll randomly be assigned Fed loan servicing. You'll choose them as part of your consolidation. Or if you submit a public service loan forgiveness employment certification form, meaning that, hey, you want to acknowledge that you have federal student loans and you're working for a qualifying nonprofit or state federal tribal organization that will help you earn public service loan forgiveness, you're going to submit that form and then the Department of Education will move your loans from whatever servicer you may have had to Fed Loan Servicing, again, because they were the official monitor of public service loan forgiveness proce- uh, progress, right? Mm-hmm. So there's those three ways that you could end up having Fed Loan Servicing as your as your loan servicer. 
So in our student debt webinars, one of the questions that we get regularly is, what if there are changes to PSLF, the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Plan? And people feel a lot of uncertainty about it. There's been a lot on the news that some people that have filed haven't gotten it. Um, we're just, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, just now seeing some people who have followed through in it that are seeing the results positively from it. Um, but this could stoke a, a lot of concerns that are already in the air about the program in general. And if I'm somebody that's in PSLF and I find out that the loan servicer who's monitoring that program <laughs> is gonna no longer be monitoring as of December 14th of 2021, I might that might increase my concern a little bit. Um, <laughs> because the thought would be then who's gonna monitor it? How can I make sure that I have everything in place, my ducks in a row for when that new monitor comes in um, so whether they are in public service loan forgiveness or another repayment plan, what sort of you know actions can they take proactively to set themselves up for success based on this huge issue happening right now with this announcement? Yeah, so a lot, a lot there to go through. So I, I think that the first thing I would say is uh, yes. I mean, I think that those are definitely valid concerns. But I do think that it's important to stress that none of this is changing how public service loan forgiveness works, mm -hmm. right? So public service loan forgiveness is still a very beneficial program and is still very much in reach for anybody that has federal student loans that is working for a qualifying nonprofit state, federal, tribal organization, right? So mm -hmm. none of that is changing. Now, the the part that we just have to be a little careful of is that, you know, yes, the, the organization here that has been monitoring uh, public service loan forgiveness process is, is going away, right? But that information shouldn't, right? So all of the progress that you may have logged, um, as long as, again, you've submitted those public service loan forgiveness employment certification forms, should also be logged in your federal student aid data file. There is a field in there that helps to track that progress as long as you have taken that step to submit that public service loan forgiveness employment certification form. Now, if you haven't done that, or maybe you're very new to this, and you maybe just started your nonprofit position recently, and and you're still kind of logging some time, or because we're in this weird pandemic forbearance period where you haven't had to make any payments, it didn't seem like it made sense to submit one of those employment certification forms yet, um, I would encourage you to do so, right? So make sure that you're submitting one of those employment certification forms so you can get that on file. Maybe you can even get that uh, count logged with Fed Loan Servicing before they um, move on, right? And then they'll transfer that information to whoever the new loan servicer or servicers will be. Um, so you just want to be diligent about um, what records you have, right? Now, if you, again, if you don't have any of that and all of this is the first time you've ever heard this stuff, then, you know, just start logging what you do have access to, mm -hmm. right? So I would go into your uh, Fed Loan Servicing, um, account and start downloading statements, right? Make sure you have all of the statements, all of the correspondence that they've ever sent to you in some kind of record, you know, whether that's paper or electronic. Um, if they have sent you some employment certification numbers in terms of logging your progress towards public service loan forgiveness, make sure you keep those and have those on file because you may need that, right? Hopefully you won't, right? Mm -hmm. But chances are just based on um, when we've seen loan servicers move, move loans from one servicer to another in the past, we have seen mistakes made, right? And you have right. to be in a position to know 
whether or not there was a mistake made on your loans. And the only way you're going to know that is if you have that documentation of your progress with that particular loan servicer. And another thing that's probably really important is to make sure that your contact information is up to date. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Especially for new grads, because some new grads will come out and will have school emails and then not update those. And if those emails are going to different places, you want to make sure that all of that contact information is up to date. Absolutely. Great. And thanks for bringing that up, because that's one of those major steps that you can take right now is right. you know, logging into Fed Loan Servicing account and just making sure they've got the right phone number, the right mm-hmm. address, the right email address, because there's going to be correspondence that's coming out here in the coming months and you want to make sure that you're receiving it so so you can keep an eye on that and and stay um, plugged into what's happening with your student loans yeah if you're not receiving correspondence that should be a red flag <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know about that because well, I'm not true. all that great about that either so but you want to at least have the opportunity to make sure that that stuff ends up in the right place so this is all coming at an unusual time for student loan borrowers in general, right? I mean, we have been in the midst of an unprecedented time um, due to the CARES Act and COVID where all interest has been frozen through September 30th, 2021. And we're still waiting to hear about what that repayment restart looks like. Have you heard anything about that lately? Unfortunately not. No, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting close enough now to the end of the pandemic forbearance period, or at least when it's scheduled to end at the end right. of this um, September, where we're now starting to see people talk about, well, what happens next? Are we going mm-hmm. to re-enter repayments or something that looks like that on October 1st? Or is Congress or the president going to extend this even farther? And I, you know, there's arguments being made on both sides. I'm still kind of in the, in the camp where I I think that this is probably going to be the end of this pandemic forbearance period. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I do anticipate that we're likely to re-enter repayment um, October 1st and we'll see that interest start accruing again, Uh, but we'll see, right. We should get some more official notification here. I would imagine um, at least in the next month or so, because it's, it's getting pretty close to that time where, um, you know, if, if they do want to restart repayment, we're going to have to start being notified and and uh, and telling us what what that means. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's you know, that's, again, why this is another one of those it, it BFD moments for me. Is, right. it's, it's like there's so much going on. It's a on huge curveball with all yes, the other curveballs exactly. going on. We right. didn't really need this particular curveball with all of the other stuff that was, was going on with your student loans. So um, it is going to require, you know, just a, a deep breath, some patience. Uh, maybe a little bit of time to make sure that you've got all the records you need. Uh, and then, you know, once all of these calendar events, you know, if, if we do a re-enter repayment, we're going to have to all watch closely to make sure there's no mistakes made there. When they mm-hmm. do start moving loans away from Fed Loan Servicing to whoever the new loan servicer or servicers are, uh, we're going to have to make sure there's no mistakes made there. So, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to definitely take some time and effort to work through all of the changes that are going to happen in the, in the coming months here. Yeah, it almost seems as though um, loan borrowers borrowers almost hit the lottery with this like time off of payments, and now they're getting slammed with all this like work on the back end, right? Like, and just kidding. Now you've got to double check, triple check everything, and be totally on it. And we will, you know, we we are going to do a webinar. Um, one of our VIN Foundation free webinars. Once we do hear about the repayment restart, and you know, check in the episode notes to sign up for updates, so you can, you know, you'll get our emails about when those webinars are going to happen. Um, where else can people go for updates, Tony? 
Yeah, so we're going to uh, publish a, a blog post on this as well uh, on vinfoundation.org. Uh, so and that will be in the episode notes also. So there'll yeah. be a link to that. Yeah. Great. So uh, studentaid.gov is another great place that you can go for updates on information. Now, I don't believe there's anything regarding this Fed loan servicing announcement yet. Um, I did see that the Department of Education did acknowledge that Fed loan servicing was no longer um you know, going to be servicing loans after December 14th um, via uh, via tweet, I believe, but I haven't seen any kind of official press release or anything on that yet. So okay. they are still working through the details. I do uh, imagine that the Department of Education will also uh, provide some or, or should provide some kind of guidance on what's going to happen around just logistically for the, those borrowers who have Fed loan servicing and, and what to expect with their loans. But again, we don't, we've we've kind of gone through this in the past. There was a previous loan servicer uh, called AES. I, I forget what they stood for particularly, but they um, they kind of discontinued um, servicing loans um, several years ago, and, and they did a lot of moving of loans around that time. And I know my loans were part of that process, and, and there were mistakes made, right? So I was mm-hmm. in income-driven repayment, and all of a sudden I wasn't because when, oh, that, when my loans got moved, they they failed to move that particular uh, piece of information over with it. So you just have to be, you know, really careful and you know monitor what's happening there and all of the correspondence around it, just to make sure that everything that's supposed to happen and that you expect to happen is actually happening correctly. Right. Right. Okay. Is there, um, we like to keep these short and sweet so that we don't lose any audience members with this. And this is, we like sort of these news updates because they just sort of dive right in and get the information for our listeners. Is there anything else you think our listeners need to know about this news? No, I, you know, I think I do uh, believe I've heard from um, some of our colleagues that the employment certification forms have been a little bit delayed. And that okay. was mostly due to the pandemic forbearance, right? Because I, I, I don't believe I've seen a lot of very good accounting of the public service loan forgiveness time during this pandemic forbearance period. Now, again, mm-hmm. good news is the law says that the time spent in this pandemic forbearance, as long as you are still working with a qualifying nonprofit, would count towards public service loan forgiveness, right? So you should get that time credited towards you, but you right. have you may not have officially received any acknowledgement of that time yet from Fed Loan Servicing. Now, again, because of all the things we've been talking about, the pandemic forbearance kind of ending, you know, a couple of months now before Fed Loan Servicing is kind of exiting the scene, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to want to pay extra special attention to that pandemic forbearance qualifying time when it comes to public service loan forgiveness if you've been working with a qualifying organization during that entire time frame. So this is not the time to rest on your laurels. This is no, the time. not at all. <laughs> that was the past year plus. Yeah. This is the time. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> this is the time to be as proactive as possible yeah. and to get in there, make sure your contact information is correct, download everything that you can. If, it, you, if you don't have access to everything, contact them so you can get the rest of those statements and information. Um, and, you know, check the episode notes. We'll put a link to the pod, to the blog post in there. And we will have also a link to uh, stay up to date with updates. So you can get the info for our webinar as soon as we find out about the repayment restart. And we're here to answer any questions. You can always email studentdebt at vinfoundation.org. That email will also be in the episode notes. Uh, thanks so much, Tony. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks again for having me, and um, we'll we'll do our best to keep everybody informed and and look forward to hearing your questions um, that 
anything that comes up, we'll, we're happy to help. Absolutely. We're here to help. Take care. Hey, all. We want to make sure you know, if you have veterinary student debt questions, the VIN Foundation is here to help. We have two options for you. First, for VIN members, including veterinary students, you already have access to the student debt message boards on VIN. Second, if you're not a VIN member, you can get access to the student debt message board area through the VIN Foundation. This special VIN Foundation access lets veterinarians and pre-veterinary students seek out help with their student loan and veterinary school questions from colleagues on VIN without a VIN membership. This is an isolated area on VIN without access to VIN tools, content, or community. Together, we can help our colleagues work through these stressful and complex student loan topics. Check the episode notes for links. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Veterinary Pulse. Please check the episode notes for additional information referenced in the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe, and share review. We welcome feedback and hope you will tune in again. You can find out more about the VIN Foundation through our website, vinfoundation.org, and our social media channels. Thank you for being here. Be well.